Welcome back. It is week seven of the Montana Mint Sports Podcast. Week two of the Big Sky Conference is over. Bear Tycoon on a bye week, just like his beloved Grizzlies. So in his place tonight, Montana parlays in the house. What's going on, man? Uh, just having a beer and ready to talk some Bobcat football. Uh, you know, when the bear is away, the cats will play. Yes, Bear Tycoon away, like we said, bye week. Uh, doesn't really have the passion to get through a bye week and do the pod at the same time. So Montana Parlay was was happy to, to jump in. It's going to be a Bobcat-heavy podcast with us two on here, but I think that makes us better. We'll see what the ratings say after this week, but it's going to be pretty obvious that this may be one of our highest rated and ranked and listened to podcasts of all time. Definitely. Well, Definitely. So we, we are, have we to want shoot to, the stats. Even if we have to go into a Verizon store, get on the podcast app, subscribe to, on every single phone in there, we're going to do it. Hey, can I jump in now on that point there, Nate? Yes. Yes. Right. Give us a little shout out. Okay. So that is actually an excellent idea. I, I hadn't even thought of that strategy. You know, sometimes I used to text my friends from random AT&T or Verizon store phones. Oh, yeah. You can have a lot of fun with that. But you know, if you want to help out the Mint, help out the Big Sky Conference, if you like what we're putting out there, if you like the pressure we're putting on uh, Big Sky, Pluto, and uh, Learfield to get some better streaming, we can use some help when it comes to these podcasts. Uh, our numbers are looking great. The guys at Grizz Fan Pod are killing it. Uh, our Big Sky Big Takes Pod is doing well, but we could go do better. And one little strategy, if you haven't already, you need to do this. Subscribe, download, delete, resubscribe, re-download, rate us the highest ranking possible on all your apps, Podcast Addict, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Yeah, we're on Spotify now. On Spotify now, Alexa. Just search Montana Mint. Yeah, you can ask Alexa to play Montana Mint Sports Podcast. Just have to activate your TuneIn app. You know, this might sound confusing, so... You guys can figure it out, but you know who might need some help? Your parents, your grandparents, your aunt, your uncle. Even if they want to never listen to a podcast, you're going to go onto their iPad, their tablet, their phones, and do the same thing on each and every one of their devices. That's going to help us out a lot, guys, and it's just going to be great for the big sky in general. And just make sure you do it this week so yes. that Bear Tycoon comes back and is completely demoralized with the support that we got during his bye week. Oh, absolutely. If you are a fan of the Bobcats, uh, Nate and yours truly, or just not a big fan at all of fruit and beer, please do that for us this week. Definitely. So enough about bye weeks because we had a pretty fun slate of games last week in the big sky. We want to start with a couple that we did not care about at all. But we're going to talk about them for a second. So the first one I have, and I had these ordered in, I don't give a shit, to awesome. And the first one was the bottom of the barrel, Southern Utah versus Portland State, at Portland State, at the high school stadium, Hillsborough Stadium. This game was basically to see who was going to take the bottom of our Big Sky Power Rankings. Yeah. That's basically all this was for. Pretty much. And Portland State... 52-31. They led 38-10 to 10 at halftime. This game was, was over at half, but it was over before it started because there was literally 20 people probably in the country that cared about this game. I might have bet on it, so I, I kind of care. Okay. 
Well, if you had Sergio Hoffman in the Big Sky Big Takes fantasy, you would have done well there. He had a couple touchdowns on the ground. I literally know nothing about either of these teams except the Thunderbirds are one and five and zero and two in conference, and Portland State's three and three and one and one in conference. I don't care about either of these teams. No, no one does. Anything to add? We can move on. We can move on. So that was that was our insight on Southern Utah Portland State. The next one we had. This one was a little bit more interesting because we did have an opponent that uh, we have played and an opponent that we will play. So this was Northern Colorado at NAU. This game started out a little bit iffy for the Lumberjacks. Montana State uh, got them the week before. They come out and they're down 13-10 to 10 at halftime. But Case Cookus and company came out in that third quarter and absolutely stuck it to the Bears. They won this game 41-23. When, Col- when Northern Colorado was up, you and I were texting. What were you thinking? Were you thinking that you couldn't believe that the Lumberjacks were beating us 21 to nothing? Yeah, that... You know, especially, like you said, they jumped up on the Bobcats the week before. You would thought they would have come home and just smashed Northern Colorado, especially Northern Colorado. You have a tendency as a bad team when you have a high, like, beaten Idaho to then suck your next game, especially when your team sucks. So it was really surprising to see that halftime score. Another thing that kind of jolted NAU was I was watching the game. I had a little money on it, and it, and it was at the same time as the Sac State-Montana State game, which was unwatchable, or not Sac State, Cal, Cal Poly-Montana Poly. State, uh, was unwatchable for a while on the feed. So I was watching the NAU feed, and their kicker made a 53-yard field goal right before the half, like easily. And that fired up the 57. team. 57. 57, yeah. I mean, 57 yards at the FCS level, is that's impressive at the NFL level. So that, oh, for sure. That got them, you know, that closed the gap at halftime, and then they came out and dominated in the second half. The one thing that I like to look at, um, when I look at games that, you know, I don't really care about in, in, a grand, in the grand scheme of things, but both of these quarterbacks had days, um, and it makes me sad because Montana State still doesn't have a quarterback. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. But Jacob Nip, 31 of 49 for 411 yards, two tugs. Case Cook is 19 of 32 for 406 yards and five touchdowns. So between them, over 800 yards of passing, seven touchdowns, only two interceptions. And it makes me really sad inside when I see this kind of quarterback play in the big sky, especially at these two schools where at Montana State or Montana, you should be able to recruit almost anybody that you want to. Just with the facilities, the cities that they're in, the program's history. And these two quarterbacks put on an offensive show in Flagstaff, and we can't get a quarterback in Bozeman. Yeah, I, I mean, between Montana State and my beloved Bears, it's depressing, and especially since I have to watch Mahomes play Watson this Sunday, two guys the Bears passed up on. You, you couple that with the Bobcats QB woes, and, you know, I, it's just it's frustrating, to say the least. It is. All right. It is. So Moving on. Yeah, enough about the – yeah, let's move on before we get <laughs> way too depressed about this. So that was Northern Colorado and NAU. The next one we had up, this one – uh, as we jump up our games of importance, I put Weber State at Idaho uh, as the next one on the docket. This one way closer than we probably thought it was going to be. We talked about that. Our Bear Tycoon, he uses the word elite a lot when he talks about the Weber State defense. I'm still not 100% sold on it. Weber State won this game 41-35, to but this is an Idaho Vandals team that was coming off of a loss to Northern Colorado. This is a team that if you're a top five team in the country like Weber State is, you should probably put this team away a lot sooner than they did. And they allowed Idaho 35 points. Is that, that's not an elite defense to me. It's 
a little troubling. Uh, slightly misleading to uh, Idaho scored late on a kick return. But that was only seven points. Even yeah. 28 points to no, Idaho. You're right. And it, but here's the thing. Idaho still has a lot of talent. And when they play at home against good teams, they play up. They can't get motivated to play bad teams. They've proven that. But for some reason, they can beat Eastern. They can cover the spread against Weber. Uh, but, you know, they're probably going to travel to Portland State this week and lose. So that's just Idaho's MO that right now. And, it is. Uh, again, is not a whole lot of reason to talk about this. We'll see how Weber does at home against Southern Utah. They, they should shut them out or darn near to prove that they've got a good defense. Yeah, and th- this Mesa Petrino thing, our, our Idaho brethren in the Big Sky Podcast Network, not, bi- not not the biggest Mesa Petrino fans. He went 24 of 35 for 212 yards and a touchdown, so he managed the game pretty well, I guess. You know, only 11 incompletions. They still hate him, though. He didn't get the job done uh, against Northern Colorado, so I don't think he – it was a lose-lose situation the rest of the year for Mesa Petrino. He's never going to win their hearts again. If he would have won this game, I think this would have encapsulated – he had a shot, and this would have encapsulated the Idaho Vandal season and my ongoing theory that they – that. Petrino wants to absolutely demolish the Idaho fan base. That's some, by winning. That's some deep amazing state big sky it's conference. Deep. Uh, if this would have happened, if yeah. this would have happened, I would have written a long form essay about that. Okay, that he he plays up, he beats these teams, and then absolutely demoralizes their fan base by losing to teams like Northern Colorado. But it didn't happen uh, this time. But uh, the theory it will still sit back there in the back of my head, and I will bring it out when it is um, best. Well, it would be best received, if okay. that makes sense. <laughs> so <laughs> there's one thing about – the one thing that, that frustrates me about this game is everybody talked about how Montana State struggled with Cal Poly. And, again, we'll get to that game later. And how Montana State got down 21 to nothing to Northern Arizona and people talking about maybe they shouldn't be where they're at because of the struggles against those two teams at, at certain points. This is another example of Weber State kind of getting a pass for only beating Idaho by six points. I don't get why people aren't talking about this as much as they talk about Montana State struggles against some teams or starting slow or having to go to overtime against Cal Poly. I think we're being overly critical of Montana State probably because of their quarterback situation and not the other teams that get down early and end up winning. Or a team or a game like this where Weber State probably should have knocked Idaho out by 20 points. Yeah, there's truth to that. A lot of it, too, is that – you know, Montana and Montana State get most of the press, most of the coverage, most of the talk in the big sky, so they're going to get uh, most of the criticism. Well, I don't. I didn't hear anybody criticizing UM when they got down 17 to nothing, but again, that's something well, for later. You could have looked at my Twitter feed. <laughs> True. Well, yes, I could have looked at your Twitter feed, but nobody else is saying that. So that was Weber State-Idaho, a surprising game in that sense, 41-35 Weber State. Uh, I think it gave us a little bit of hope that Weber State is not invincible. They don't have that elite defense that maybe we thought. They have a great defense still, but maybe not that defense that we thought that uh, was just going to run the conference and you weren't going to be able to score on them. Because Idaho put up 35 on them, and uh, they don't have a very good quarterback either. So the next one up on the docket, this one was probably the, the shocker of the day. And luckily this one came on right after the Montana State-Cal Poly game and was on Pluto. Uh, Eastern Washington at Sac State. And 
just tell me your thought before we even get into the game. What were your thoughts going into this game? What was your prediction, and what did you think was going to happen? Well, I bet Sac State in the over, and that's what happened. It didn't surprise me at all. I'd been paying attention to Sac State. Um, what was the line on this one? Uh, Sac State was favored by two and a half most of the week, and then it money came in on Eastern. You know, I think some of those fraudulent gambling sites uh, in the Big Sky uh, recommended e- Weber or no, sorry, Eastern here, and it moved to minus three Eastern by game time. Uh, Sac State dominated that game. I know. Uh, Barry, oh, it was absolute domination. Yeah, Barry was out for a while with the was it the pro- concussion protocol. But uh, he, because he got banged up a little bit, but I don't know if it would have mattered if he would have played the whole game. He did have that 92-yard 90, run uh, in the second half. So he's yep. still got skills, but not enough, uh, you know, to keep up with Sac State. They're just a well-rounded team. They can score. They've got a solid defense. Uh, it's we're going to have ourselves a game this this week. So, uh, Oh, for sure. And, and that's, like you said, we'll talk about that Sac yeah. State-Montana State game coming up. But, woo, this result right here, like Sac State beating Eastern Washington like 30-27. to 27. I'm like, okay, Sac State got them. Sac State demoralizing Eastern Washington 48-27 to 27 like they did scares the shit out of me thinking about homecoming this Saturday. Oh, for sure. Kevin Thompson, uh, I think he's a UNLV transfer as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the Sacramento State quarterback yeah, is I a I don't UNLV transfer. That, but... We're not going to look it up, but I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> so Kevin Thompson, 30 of 44, 315 yards, three touchdowns, and they had Elijah Dotson, 16 carries and 102 yards on the ground. Um, over 400, 400 yards of offense between those two right there. That scares me. Going into this, I mean, a, a good I mean, Kevin Thompson's having a great year. He played really well against Arizona State, who then went on the road and beat Michigan State, and they kept it real respectable against the Sun Devils. It just scares me coming up this weekend. Like you said, they're a very well-rounded team, and that defense. When you hold Eastern Washington to twenty-seven, that's a really good job. Yes, and especially when you get up early, and Eastern is, you know trying to score quickly. So, yeah. yeah. That's... I mean, they were up 27-14 to 14 at halftime, Sacramento State was. They outscored them in the third, and then they outscored them in the fourth. I started texting my Sac State friends, friend, singular, singular, I don't have that <laughs> many friends. <laughs> and there's not many people that go to Sac State that I know. But um, I have a, a friend who played at Sac State, and when they scored on that fumble recovery – uh, to end the game, basically to end it, to to just put the nail in the coffin. 66-yard fumble uh, recovery return to put him up 48-27. That's when I texted him. I was like, dude, I gave you so much shit for Sac State, but they might be for real this year. And the best part about it, I bet him, we were playing golf before the season started, and I bet him something like, Cats will end the year in the top 10, Sac State will end in the bottom half of the conference, we bet like 100 bucks and lunch or something on it, right? I guarantee you he doesn't remember that bet, and I am so thankful uh, that he doesn't listen to the podcast. Will not. One doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> two, two, um, and that's a, that's by the way that's Sac State fans' mo. Like they care when they see that their team's doing well on um on the on their ESPN app, and then maybe like try and find it on the local channel in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. But they don't give a shit otherwise. That's just Sac State 
Hornet fans in general. But, um, yeah, he won't know, and I'm so glad that he forgot about that bet because I probably uh, would lose 100 bucks because the way they're playing right now, we, we kind of made fun of it at the beginning of the season about their schedule and what's upcoming. Man, they're good. They're a good team, I think. They're good. The schedule's still going to be tough to overcome. We'll get. Oh, the it. schedule screws them we'll right here. We'll get into that later too. Uh, in yeah, the podcast. but this 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 game was the surprise of the week for me. Uh, I thought Sac State could beat them. Eastern Washington is not the Eastern Washington of the last few years. We can tell that. Eric Barrierier is not Gage Gabrud. I think that's obvious now. He can make some plays, but he's just not Gage Gabrud. So. Pretty crazy game here. Sac State demoralizing Eastern Washington. And uh, we'll get to it in a second because we, we will talk more in depth about Montana State and Sac State. But, ooh, it's going to be a doozy in Bozeman this weekend. Yes. I'm cautiously looking forward to it. I am too. It's a big win if Montana State can do it. Uh, it's, a, it's a loss we didn't see coming at the beginning of the season if they can't. But we'll get to that. And then finally, the last non-Montana, Montana State game that we had on the docket last week. Another one that surprised a lot of people, I think, and, and surprised me too. Davis traveling to Grand Forks, North Dakota. It's a conference game, even though North Dakota is not in the conference. North Dakota holds on 38-36. to 36. UC Davis, back-to-back losses, one to the Grizz, one to North Dakota. They are on the playoff bubble. They might be screwed. They're 2-4 and four on the season. It's just—it's something you just did not see coming when the season started. No, not, when Bear Tycoon and I did the over/under podcast, you know, we—you try to look, and when all of us filled out the early season power polls, we tr- we try to look ahead of schedules, and that's tough to do. Uh, and, but what we didn't think about was like not just who they played, but the the scheduling of who you played. So now, using hindsight, you take you look as like especially at the last two teams we've talked about, UC Davis and Eastern Washington. Um, they're supposed to be the two of the best teams in the Big Sky. Their schedules weren't supposed to be too tough, but UC Davis ended up going to North Dakota State, back home against Montana after Montana had a very easy game, and then back to another dome in North Dakota against a team that's no slouch in North Dakota. So that's a pretty, that's a, a really hard stretch, three-week stretch. Where Eastern, you know, they went to Jacksonville State in in the middle of nowhere in Alabama, then back to the dome in Idaho. So, you know, now it's like, wow, those were some really hard schedules. But before the year started, we didn't see that. Exactly. And we thought UC Davis with Jake Merrimeyer was going to be this power and they were going to plow their way through the big sky again. And every, and I guess when I was looking at the beginning of the season, I put them, I think I probably put them number one on my, um, my media poll for the big sky. I can't find it by the way. I need to find where that is. Oh yeah. I don't it's, know. it's just, might've been, been my server got, my server got deleted. So <laughs> it's like, it's like, <laughs> I have no idea where my preseason poll went. Yeah, I know. I think the Grizz fan guys might question your. Uh, excuses, I'm trying. I'm. Tr- but... I'm trying to. I'm trying to get it back. There's a. There's a team working on it yeah. on my server. Mm-hmm. I had a um, external hard drive that I backed up all my emails onto. Yeah. And then one day I was leaving the house. I was probably gonna go like, do something really cool, like edit some pictures at a coffee shop or a brewery or something. Yeah. And it slid off the top of my laptop. Mm. 
hit my tile floor, and then now, now it's making a weird clicking sound oh. when I plug it in. Uh, so all that and it data says drive is lost. Unav- you know, drive no, unavailable. No records exist. And if I open it to try and fix it, it voids the warranty. No. Of course. Yeah. So That's you can see bad. my plight. Too bad we'll never be able to see that that I don't know. And I don't I mean we'll we'll try and find it, but I don't see it right now. But anyway, it's beside the point right now. So you see Davis, they were supposed to be this force. I look back I think back to last year and like what they did to the Grizz in the second half of that game because my stupid self, all I do is just take like bits and pieces of highlights of the season before and assume that it's gonna happen again. And all I think about is them getting down to the Grizz and then just absolutely shit kicking them in the second half, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's the UC Davis of 2018. So that's obviously going to be the UC Davis of 2019. But it's not. They're 2-4. and four. What, 0-2 oh in conference right now? Yeah. Oh they two. might be screwed. They pretty much are. And again, we'll get into Jake, some playoff bubbles in, in the second half of the yeah. pod. But Jake Mayermeyer, four touchdowns, but three picks. Yeah, that's not good. That's not going to get it done. Nate Ketteringer Ham, he used to be a Sac State quarterback. I love talking about. It's the weirdest thing that I take pride in knowing that Nate Ketteringer Ham used to be a Sac State quarterback. Didn't have an amazing game, but three touchdowns, only one pick, took care of the ball, and North Dakota got it done. So the so Montana State has Sac State this weekend, who just beat Eastern. They they have a bye next week, and then the next week after that, they travel to Grand Forks to take on this team, who just beat the Aggies. It's weird how schedules change in fcs when oh, you for sure when there's such a massive shift from year to year uh in these squads so this game was not as surprising i don't think because we saw how the grizz demoralized davis and we know the grizz are a good team but this one didn't surprise me north dakota beating davis didn't surprise me as much as um sack beating iwu mm-hmm because I, I just don't think this Davis team, from what I saw, is that good. The the San Diego game sticks out in my mind. Where they should have lost that. The Dave the Aggies should be one and four, to be honest, right now. Yeah, they're and I know a dub's a dub against San Diego on the road. It was kind of a controversial call, but they should be one and four with losses to San Diego, North Dakota State, the Grizz, and now North Dakota. I'm sorry, I did I say North Dakota State. I did yeah, they they played both North Dakota teams. Yeah. Yeah, both of them. Um and their so, best game so far has come against. Cal. Well, no, maybe Cal. I, North Dakota State. They could have won. It probably that was. Game. Yeah, you're right. They could have won. And I think, honestly, we'll get to the polls in a bit, but I think that's still why they're in the top 25. That's because, the only reason. Uh, the voters probably watch NDSU every week, especially that game was number one versus number four at the time. And Mayor Meyer had a few big picks at the end, but they were in that game. And then North Dakota, the next state, the next week goes and just stomps Illinois State, who was another top ten team at the time. So that makes you know UC Davis look pretty good if you take away their last two games, which were not good for them. Yeah, this Davis team. And one thing that's hilarious is that Jake Mayermeyer—that's like literally his name now for anybody who listens to this podcast. I can't even look at his name <laughs> anymore and think Jake Mayer. Yeah, it's so perfect. It's so fun. Uh, but yeah, UC Davis. And the one thing about this, and again, this is my stupid brain thinking about this. All I think about is I love this only because 
Montana State goes to UC Davis the week before Cat Grizz, and this game is now not looking as daunting as it was when I was looking at the schedule at the beginning of the year. And I hope that this is the the real UC Davis team we're seeing, just so Montana State can come in there, hopefully get that win on the road, and then come home and beat beat that Grizz ass. Let's hope so. And that's looking, that's so. looking a little far ahead when we got this week's game looming. Well, like I I, I prefaced <laughs> it with my dumb brain. <laughs> But so the, out of those, I mean, we, we kind of touched on it a little bit when we went through those five games. Which one was your biggest surprise out of those five? You know, I, I'd probably, on it, just to, to get a little contrarian here, I think it was the fact that NAU struggled in the first half so much against Northern Colorado. They were so at you home. picked the game that I ranked number two in interestingness? Yeah, because, you know, honestly... Huh. The UC Davis game that didn't I stayed away from that just because I had no idea. Uh, I thought I know it surprised a lot of people, but I, I I thought Sac State was just a better team than Eastern. Maybe you know the fact that they won by twenty one points was a little surprising, but to me the fact yeah. that NAU just it they barely covered. I mean, and they in the they were losing in the first half, so. There wasn't something shock, anything shocking. In fact, only two underdogs covered the spread last week in the Big Sky, so there was nothing uh, too shocking to me anyway. Okay, and I think if I had to do my surprise of the week, and I kind of touched on it, was Idaho keeping it competitive. I know yeah. they did score a touchdown with like a minute and a half left. They got it to six points, but even 13 points, if they didn't score that touchdown, I was kind of surprised that Weber didn't didn't hold them to less points. It's not maybe necessarily the final score or the margin of victory that surprises me. It's more that Weber State didn't shut down the Idaho offense as much as I thought they would have, just based on that defense that we that we, we kind of assumed they have had have. Yeah, that's that's a fair observation, especially how Thank Weber's you. done against Thanks. the FBS teams. So Yeah, for sure. So All right, so we kind of go around the big sky there, and with that, every Monday, we look at the stats poll, uh, FCS poll. It's a conglomerate, did I use that right? Sure. Of fans, media, and just general FCS lovers that, that go to this poll, and... We usually think this one is more accurate than the coaches poll. As a coach on the East Coast, like how the hell is the James Madison coach going to be able to watch Montana State play when it's on Learfield Sports and you have to pay ten dollars? How like the coaches? I just don't feel like they have enough time no. to go around the league and see what's going on. So we don't really look at that Association of Football America Coaches America Association poll. We look at this stats poll. And right now, I think you and I both have the same thought that this week's stats poll was absolute garbage. Am I right in assuming that you think the same way as me? I mainly because of two absolutely absurd well, tell me, things. Tell me about those two absurd things. And I'm so, sure you will not hold back. We're going to start with the most absurd or should we like build into it? Let's build up into okay. it. Well, first of all, leave the people leave the people waiting. Yeah. So the top. Should we do an ad? Should we do an ad read right now? Oh, for sure. This... Just getting ready. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have no. We have no sponsors. <laughs> yeah, you gotta like, okay, subscribe, go and download. Uh, yeah, like, subscribe, and download, and go buy a shirt iPad. from the Mint Store. Uh, yeah, go buy a shirt from the Mint Store. So the Montana-Mint.com. <laughs> okay, go. Top three, no argument there. I mean, North Dakota State, they're dominant. James Madison, they're good. South Dakota State, 
really looking forward to their matchup against uh, the Bison later. Um, there's a bunch here in the middle I, I can't really comment on because I haven't watched them, you know, and especially if they're from the CAA or uh, Missouri Valley or that one Southern Conference that's pretty good. You know who I can? Big South. Is that the good one? Big South is horrible. Oh, no. There's one. So I will comment yeah. while you're going through the middle. Kennesaw State being ranked seven is horrible. Yeah. Well, don't look horrible. at the, don't look at the coaches poll then. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable that Kennesaw State is getting this the the notoriety the, the top ten ranking that they have. Nobody cares about Kennesaw State, I get that's listening to this podcast. But I I've I've been a little I've gone a little deep state on this one too, yeah. and I looked into their schedule. Yeah. Just they're, garbage wins. They're ahead against of against garbage they're, teams. They're ahead of the Grizz. They're ahead of the Grizz, and this Kennesaw State team would get beat by 30 by both the Cats and the Grizz. Oh, for sure. And if we combine teams, they would get beat by 60. Well, I, the Cats just face another tri- a, a worse triple option team and went to overtime, so I don't know about that. But Kennesaw State's garbage. Yeah. No, I'm not going to okay, disagree go on. with you on that. So Garbage. Yeah, the middle, most of the middle, besides that, I, I can't really... Besides that. <laughs> talk about... But placement, here's the thing. This is why preseason polls are so stupid because it's like... Oh, preach. Once, Please go off on this. Once you place a team, you know, and we're... There was some Twitter discussion of this earlier today. Like, it's once we place a team above another, it's like, you can't drop them unless that one team loses. Why? Yep. Why is that the case? So you're telling me if I put... Um, Montana State is ahead of Montana. And Montana State barely wins three games in a row against subpar teams. But Montana destroys three ranked teams in a row. I can't move the Grizz ahead of Montana State. Like, that's absurd. Uh, You know, vice versa could happen too. So, because, I don't know if you want to put this out there, there or not, Nate, but in the power rankings... Do you have the Grizz above the Bobcats right now? I do. Okay. So do I. I do. And you want to know why? Because the Grizz have played better and look like the yep. better team. So who cares what we had in the preseason? You know, I we both had Montana State ahead of the Grizz in the preseason. Um, yep. Part of that was scheduled. Part of that was last year. Uh, but Part of that was Part bias. of that was not was hoping that a QB would step up for Montana State. But since then... There's been six games, and in those six games, it's obvious to anyone watching those games that the Grizz are currently the better team. Now, I still think Montana State can beat them in Cat Grizz. There's a lot of other factors in that game, but that's number one. Number two, I'm looking down further on this list, and there's an abomination. Just an absolute abomination. SEMO uh, is 20th. Like, what the hell? You know, there's... So many. By the way, that's Southeast Missouri State for all of you that don't go by acronyms. So Southeast Missouri State came. They're number three in the Ohio Valley Conference. Why are we putting the number three team in the Ohio Valley Conference at twenty? They're not undefeated. They haven't beat anybody. They came to Montana State and got crushed last year. They made the playoffs and got crushed. They're a fraud, you know. Sac State, and I, I would I put this out. This there. is the biggest 
If the biggest. Sac State's not in the top 25. And Sac State <laughs> would be favored by double digits against SEMO on any field. Okay? It's, a, it's just insane. And I'll go further. Here's other teams that would beat SEMO on a neutral field in the big sky. Illinois or Idaho State, NAU, Cal Poly. Yeah, I'm going there. Cal Poly <laughs> would beat Southeast Missouri State on a neutral field. I'm confident in that. I'd put my money where my mouth is. Obviously, that's all hypothetical. But it's just ridiculous that SEMO is a top 25 team and Sac State it is isn't. It's unbelievable. It's just absurd. So, so for for anybody listening to this that hasn't seen the stats, top twenty-five poll: Simo at twenty-three or at number twenty. I'm sorry. Yeah, twenty. At twenty, UC Davis, who is two and four, yeah. two and four, is at number twenty-four. They dropped twelve spots after their loss to uh, North Dakota. Sac State. Just knocked off Eastern Washington, who was ranked last week in some polls. I think they might have been 25. And they're one vote out of the top 25. One vote behind Sam Houston State, who has 351 votes. Sacramento State has 350 votes. There is no way that you can tell me Sac State wouldn't be favored Davis on any field. Davis is 100% in the polls because of what they did against North Dakota State and because how high they were ranked at the beginning of the year, a top five team, and because of what they did in 2018, which kind of goes hand in hand with where you're ranked at at the beginning of 2019. Yeah, but after six weeks, you can adjust it. Voters, oh for sure, watch some you of can. the games. Watch the games. They're not watching them. Watch They're not the watching games. them. And so the other one that absolutely blows my mind, and it's so recent that it's even more mind blowing, is UC Davis again at 24. North Dakota is getting 195 votes, which means they're about 220. Votes, points behind UC Davis, a team they just beat at home. I get it. It's at home, whatever. But North Dakota cannot be getting a hundred and whatever it is. I was an English major. Believe it or not. I know. (laughs) Not a math major. I can't do 414 minus 195 that fast on the spot. But anyway, these polls are garbage. The voters had done pretty well, I thought, through the year. A lot of them on Twitter are showing their work. But obviously, there's a lot of voters that go into this. A lot of them aren't showing their work. A lot of them are mailing it in, and it's bullshit. The top 25 stats poll right now is absolute garbage. And this is the one that we go off of. This is the one that gets, you know, when, when they're on TV and you get the little number next to your name, this is the one that they go off of. And right now, it's horrible. Just an absolute mockery of a poll. Yeah, and I hope it doesn't affect home field advantage and seeding. That's too the much. problem. I think. Well, the home field advantage. I don't yeah. think it does anything because home field advantage is all based on how much money you're going to make. Yeah, and and which comes down to attendance, which is a huge yeah. advantage for Montana and Montana State. Yeah, we're fine there. Like yeah. we make the playoffs, we're going to get a home game. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's not going to matter. I just hope that when and some people have said on Twitter that the the selection committee does not take the stats poll into consideration but they take the coaches poll which i don't know even, even which one it is even worse which Kennesaw is just State horrible is four on that one it's unbelievable yeah so, so the selection committee is going to take one of these two damn polls into consideration i don't think the coaches one is anywhere near correct this stats one is getting a little bit out of hand when you can see such obvious mistakes this sack state one is unbelievable this is a and the, the, the worst part is Montana State is going to host Sac State at home. Montana State is the number, what, seven 
six, six, six team in the country right now, okay? We're the number six team. We lo- If we lose this game to Sac State, it is going to show up for anybody that didn't watch this game that Montana, number six Montana State lost to unranked Sacramento State. Yeah. Sac State has no following. Sac State is kind of always a butt of the Big Sky jokes. This screws Montana State if we lose. And it screws Montana State when we win because we didn't just beat a top 25 team like Sacramento State should be. Yeah. And Sac State, you know, Jacksonville State's another team I'm looking at that should have lost to Eastern at home. And they're 17. You know, if, if Jacksonville State barely beats Eastern at home, what do you think they would do against Sac State at home or on the road? You know, like it's just absurd. And more, and they're point, they're freaking four hundred six hundred votes and yeah. six hundred points in front of them. And know who's not missing out on this is the book, the odds makers, because Sac State is only a one and a half point underdog against Montana State, which means you know in the NFL you get three points for home field. That's the standard. In FCS, I've noticed it's anywhere from four to six points. You go into Washington Grizzly. You know, that's worth like six points. You go into Montana State, it's worth four or five. So they're basically saying on a neutral field, Sac State is three points better than Montana State right now. But the voters are clueless to that. That's the, now It's the number six versus the number 26 team. Yeah. And basically, if this is on a neutral site, Sac State would be favored. Yes. That's how that's how messed up that's this poll is. That's how far right off. I mean, they're off by 20 positions on the poll. Yeah. Is what that luckily, does. luckily, and we always go back to this, we do have playoffs in the FCS. Absolutely. It, we have humans looking at this that will look at the schedules, the wins, the quality wins, the losses, the bad losses, whatever it is, and we get humans to put together a bracket, which is amazing. How many teams is it? 20-some? I can never remember anymore. 24. 24, I think eight, yeah, eight teams get a bye and then eight other games. So whatever. All right, 24 teams. So we have humans putting that together. We have an awesome playoff system in the FCS. So thank God for that. Because this poll is garbage this week. The voters need to do better. They need to pay attention. There's a lot of people out here that do actually love FCS football. They pay attention nationally. You know, we check the scoreboard. We check what's going on. I think a lot of the voters mailed it in this week. Sac State got screwed. Southeast Missouri State's getting love for some reason. I don't know. It was garbage this week. Absolute garbage. I agree. And we're 38 minutes into this podcast, and this is the most fired up I've ever been. <laughs> Bear Tycoon just doesn't get it out of me like you do. Well, I don't know what to say to that. But <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> so let's go to the – that's a good segue to playoffs. Yes. All right. So right now, personally, I have three Big Sky teams making the playoffs. Okay, so you're looking Montana ahead State, to the schedule. Yes, and and this is also my stupid. I didn't do a ton of research, but just more. I mean, Montana State, U of M, and Weber is who I have playoff teams right now in the Big Sky with Sac State being that bubble team. They have an insane schedule. Um, something that we've noted on almost every podcast when we've talked about Sac State, and that's why we. I don't think we call them a pretender in any way right now. We call them a contender, but they have a schedule that. That could that could mess you up pretty good. Yeah. So, I know you have a little more kind of you have a some playoff percentages given out by Sam Herder of Sa- um, Hero Sports. Yes. So I and did, I want you to talk about those. Well, I audited him. Uh, hopefully, 
if when he's doing <laughs> his taxes, they the IRS never takes a look because his math is pretty awful. I mean, he must I, have been an English major too. <laughs> maybe he was. So an let's English not major. let's not give him too much shit no, because I, I was an English major from Montana State. Yeah. We're not really good at math. Percentages confuse us. Yeah. Well, he I re, I respect <laughs> his his Twitter feed. His votes are usually good. He. He's a good follow. And they're bringing notoriety to FCS. They're, yeah, they're, he's a great follow. Him and Brian are great follows just because they're bringing a lot of uh, – they're bringing some new blood to the FCS, national FCS world. So, so I don't want to put him down except his playoff percentages in the big sky are way off. And here's the thing. I agree with you. MSU, UM, and Weber are the three teams that are in. Uh, MSU and UM – they loaded up their schedule perfectly. They went into conference play with three FCS wins. They added two more in conference play. So they only have to win three more games to be locked in. I mean, how that's such an advantage right there. Weber, they've got they're a good team and they've got a favorable schedule. They should be in. Uh Sac State is on the bubble. I mean, they're good enough to be in the playoffs right now, but because of their schedule, they're a bubble team. So exactly. That's three for sure, maybe four, and here's the rest of the bubble. Um, and I'll put their percentages from Sam Herder along with yeah, them. Yeah, not our percentages. Not ours, not ours. Idaho State, okay, which I think we'll get in more of that later when we talk about the Grizz game, I think is actually a decent football team. He has them at 45%. But here's the thing. They have to go 6-0 and down the stretch because they've got that BYU game. So they've got to go 6-0 and against Big Sky teams. You're telling me they've got a 45% chance of going 6-0? and I don't think so, all right? No, there's no shot. No way. So I'd put them more at 5%, and that's probably not – I wouldn't bet on those odds. NAU, okay, They've got a little more favorable schedule. They have to go 5-1 and one down the stretch. Herder has them at 40%. You're telling me they've got a 40% chance of going 5-1? and one? No matter what their schedule is, I put those odds somewhere in the 15-20% to 20% at best. Okay, UC Davis, they've got to go 5-1 and one down the stretch. He has them at 45%. I don't see that happening. Not Did one. he look at the schedules to see if any of these teams play each other and like maybe cannibalize each other? Yeah, for sure, and I'll get to that in a second because oh, okay. we do have some losers. You did audit him, huh? Yeah, oh yeah, oh for sure. Look at you. Cal Poly actually, you know, people might laugh at me here, but we're going to have a game <laughs> this week that will decide some things here. Because Cal Poly could go 5-1 and one down the stretch and make the playoffs. He has their odds at 40%. So I... I, I don't get it. How are all these teams have 40% odds to get into the playoffs? It doesn't make any sense. So I feel like it was some words to get an article out there. Yeah. And, uh, and, we, and you know us. We, we FCS fans, we get shit on by FBS fans. Yeah. We don't have the articles. We don't have the coverage. We don't have the media members. Um, you know, we, locally we do, but we don't have a lot of that, that content out there. And we just eat this up when someone tells us uh, – you know, little tidbits like this, like here's our playoff odds, and they give you percentages. I mean, it's just us. I mean, it's it's something to get us to read and click on. Yeah, and it's plus it's good to you know have some feedback and kind of some some healthy debate, as we say. So, <laughs> all those you know, technically, 
ISU, NAU, UC Davis, and Cal Poly, even Eastern, if they go undefeated the rest of the way, and Idaho, if they go undefeated the rest of the way, are technically in it. But they obviously play each other. This week, we've got a couple loser leaves town or loser stays home in the playoffs (laughs) matches. Um, So Idaho State versus North Dakota. Uh, Whoever loses that isn't making the playoffs, okay? Um, So you can go from a 45% chance to a 0% chance after one game? Yeah. Portland State versus... The math doesn't add up. No, no. UC Davis versus Cal Poly. Loser would have to go undefeated to to make the The playoffs. losers out. Let's yeah. let's just say losers it. out. The so, losers out of that game. You know, we've got a couple matchups this week where you're going to really narrow this field down, and it's too bad. The Big Sky deserves four or five teams in the playoffs in my opinion, but it it's really looking well, like three. When you think about the Pioneer League gets a freaking Auto, auto bid, bid doesn't don't they? Yeah. So San Diego is going to make it again. Hey, does the Drake Patriot or... League get the an auto bid? Probably. Yeah. I think the Ivy League is the only one that doesn't. No, because they don't. They they've got because they don't participate. They got to study for finals and uh, work on Wall Street. So yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather play the playoffs. Than, yeah. Whatever. Sure. <laughs> so when I, you're at FCS playoff glory, man. Yeah. I so I I just don't get the math here from again it's great content to you know break down it's content in general which is always fun the math doesn't make sense these teams have to basically run the table very little margin of error uh but msu and um are the biggest locks because of those those five conference wins that they already have and then weber's right behind them because they're good and they have a favorable schedule so so if Mon- when Montana State and Montana make the playoffs, is now is it a goal? I mean, obviously it's a goal for the teams to be one of the seeded teams and get get that first round by. Is it now a disappointment? At, if you're looking at it today, right now going into week seven, is it a disappointment if Montana and Montana State have to play on week one of the playoffs? If you're there, if you're in their fan base, right now for me. For me, it is for Montana State. It's a where we're standing right now with yeah. the schedule that we have had, had and have. If we don't get seated, that would be a disappointment for me. I can understand that. I look at it that Montana State, after last week with their continuing QB problems, I'll be happy if they get a bye, and you know. I feel like they have a better chance of not getting a bye at this point just because now their schedule looks a little tougher because of Sac State and North Dakota um, and how it's lined up. And even to, at the end of the schedule, obviously they finish with Cat Grizz, and the Grizz are a lot are even better than we thought they would be. Before that, they go at UC Davis. Even if UC Davis is way down, you know how it is the week before your big rivalry game. That's tough especially when it's on the road. Yeah. The week before that, they're in Greeley. And I know Northern Colorado sucks, but that's Greeley. Montana State does not play well in No, Greeley. nobody does. Nobody does. So They grow their grass really high. It's, I'm telling you. <laughs> and who knows what kind of grass <laughs> it is, too. So it's yeah, just it's legal there. 
that's a rough stretch of games, not even counting North Dakota and then this week. So it's they've got to win every game but one of those, I think, to get the bye. To stay seated. Yeah. And, and some of the other teams at the top are going to beat each other up. We've got uh, James Madison's playing Villanova this week. That'll be an interesting matchup. Obviously, North Dakota State and, and South Dakota State will play each other. So some of those teams will cannibalize each other a little bit too. Uh, little gives us a little more breathing room. But like I said, I I'll be happy if they get the bye. I'm I'm. I think people forget about that uh, that Montana Weber State game right the week before Montana State. Yeah, that's true too. So I mean, both teams have. I'd say I'd say there's a better than fifty percent chance that one of the Montana schools gets the bye. But both of them, I don't know. I don't know what kind of you know. Maybe Sam Herder math. It's one hundred and fifty percent. But I think real. <laughs> I think realistically, we're looking at you know maybe thirty percent that both the Cats and Grizz get a buy. Get those um, seated buys. Yeah, get those seated buys. All right. So enough about the rest of the Big Sky and the playoffs and everything. Let's go into the two teams we cover the most. I almost said love the most, but that's definitely not true because we're starting with the Grizz. And like we told you at the beginning of this, this is a very Bobcat-heavy podcast with Bear Tycoon taking a week off like his Grizz. But we look back at this Grizz win against Idaho State, one that kind of started out the same way the Montana State's game against NAU started out the week before. We'll spoil the final score for you for everybody that T-voted it. This is a spoiler alert. Montana wins 59-20. to but it definitely did not start out that way. You and I were talking, we were texting, and we were cautiously excited about the start of that Grizz game when they were down 17 to nothing. Yeah, Idaho State looked good. Even they did. more than just Montana looking bad in that first quarter, at least. And I watched the whole game because it was en route, which I get on my audience channel, It's which is the best. most So real- confusing. Why is it not root? I don't know how it works. I just know that I get it, and I don't have to pay for it because it's like this cheap direct TV thing I get, and, and it's not choppy as hell. No, it's it's great, great feed. But I, you know, now before I get a bunch of hate mail from the, the two or three Grizz fans that didn't shut us off when they found out it was just me and Nate talking after two minutes. Um, my perspective on the game is comes from both a, a cat fan and and someone who picked Idaho State plus eight and a half and bet on Idaho State right before the game at plus fourteen and a half. So just remember, I, I come at it from a different angle, so don't hate on me too much. Also keep in mind that I've got I have Montana at number one in the power ranking. So before I dive into this game, keep those things in mind, Grizz fans, when you when you Start typing out the hate tweets and the hate mail. Um, as Nate mentioned, it started off like much like the Bobcat game did uh, against NAU. Grizz found themselves in a 17 to nothing hole. Idaho State had a long run. Their quarterback looked sharp to start. Um, the, to start. The Grizz weren't moving the ball. Well, then things started. Did start to change. You could say they changed a little bit. They changed. Would you say maybe middle of the second quarter? Oh, for sure. And but before that, you know, I was tweeting like with eleven forty eight left <laughs> in the second quarter. Maybe I was tweeting out the 
the Grizz punted from midfield on fourth and inches. And I was like, wow, I'm going to cover this bet. Like, I know the Grizz are going to win, but if they're doing this, what the heck? But uh, obviously now you can all make fun of me for not trusting the old, you know, the glorious Bobby. You know, he's a good coach, but I'll, I'll still give him crap whenever I can. So here's the thing. You know, obviously the Grizz were winning that game. But I still think Idaho State's a solid team, and they had a good chance of covering the spread. Uh, when the Grizz were down, you, what were you saying? You said the same thing, though. Like, you go, I think Idaho State's a solid team. We're giving the Grizz so much credit for this win. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it was a it was a stomping, 59-20. to 20. They outscored them after that. I mean, just 40, 50-some. Well, it was actually 59-13 to 13 the rest of the game, but... Is Idaho State, I mean, they jumped out to a 17-0 lead. We don't know anything about them because they didn't play any FCS games before conference season. Why are we giving the Grizz so much damn credit for this win over Idaho State? And why are we not talking shit about them being down 17 to nothing against an unproven Idaho State team? That's an honest question. That's not That's not a question like, why are you doing this? I'm like, why Why are you looking at this differently than maybe the Cats getting down 21 nothing to NAU? Well, here's the point. This is what I was getting at. This is why I prefaced it with before he sent me the hate mail because I'm – Coming out with a different angle. I know the end score. Oh, you're co- oh you were you were you were finishing. This. Yeah, yeah. I know. You're bringing it home. Yeah, I'm bringing it home because here's the thing: the Grizz were down seventeen to nothing. Bobby's running scared, punting the ball at midfield. When you got Dalton Sneed, a beast at QB, he should be able to just lunge for an inch easily. Uh, but the Grizz in the second quarter had three consecutive. Scoring drives extended by a penalty on third down. Okay? Now, I'm not saying that the refs were bad. A lot of that's, you know, bad teams commit penalties. Um, Wag Riz is a tough atmosphere to play in. But, you know, one of them was very questionable. It was a hands of the face on, a, you know, a third and long that the Grizz didn't get. Okay? The, they called it on a lineman, and they showed a quick replay. It looks suspicious, to say the least. Grizz get the first down. They go and score the ball, score that drive, okay? Otherwise, they would have been punting. Uh, later on in the second quarter, they miss a third and long when they're in scoring position. They probably would have had a field goal or at least an attempt at like a 30-something yarder. Third and long, Sneed underthrows the ball horribly. Okay, the defender does commit pass interference. It wasn't a bad call, but it was a bad throw. And if that defender turns his head, you know, he can bat it down easily or just step to the side. It falls to the ground. Grizz are attempting a mid-length field goal. Okay, drives extended on the penalty. They score a touchdown. Towards the end of the second quarter, the Grizz are deep in their own territory. And... A drive is extended on an unsportsman's like. It was a big pile. Guys were yelling at each other. Apparently, an Idaho guy, uh, State guy stomped on someone. I didn't see it. Apparently. Not, not saying it was a bad call, but that's what extended the Grizz drive. So I know allegedly the Grizz won by 39. They are the better team. They weren't going to lose that game. But no. When you have three consecutive scoring drives 
extended on third down by penalties, you know, that changes the game. You know, and for sure. It changes the game. And the Grizz were the better team in this, and them getting down 17 to nothing was absolutely crazy. Like, that should not have happened at home. No. On homecoming. And that's why Luke I Bobby's say your coach, the savior. Idaho State should not have happened. Is good. Um, the Grizz are better. How do we know that they're good? I just. Hey, that's what I'm getting at. I'm going it doesn't make any sense to me. What I've seen, their result against uh, Northern Iowa, uh, how they just totally blew out Portland State at home. That should, doesn't really Well, shit, it's Portland State. But here's the other thing. Maybe they aren't good because their quarterback might not be able to be consistent because he was awesome in the first quarter, and he was absolute trash in the last three. Now, 16 of 33 for 189 yards, no touchdowns. Yeah. So the Grizz fans will say, well, that's our defense. But he wasn't making throws. There were guys open. He had times most of the time. He couldn't make a throw. So, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see down the stretch. I just think that we're giving the Grizz way too much credit right now for a 39-point win against Idaho State. Idaho State has not been a power in the Big Sky Conference for ever, anytime. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, because they have a cool logo, cool colors, Rob Fennessy is their coach. Like We give them this like weird clout. In the big sky, which they've not earned. Like, when's the last time they made the playoffs? This is not a playoff team. No, and a lot of that's their their schedule. It is terrible. Yeah. Like, it's the- terrible. But it's 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 just it doesn't make any sense to me. Where, how this, and we told you this is going to be a very bobcat heavy podcast. We have no bear tycoon here mm-hmm. to 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 do his little spin zone on it. But Montana has now beat Monmouth, UC Davis, and Idaho State. UC Davis lost to North Dakota. Monmouth is garbage. North, Al- North Alabama is garbage. South Dakota is garbage. Idaho State, everybody thought you know they were coming in as this hot team. They get up 17-0, and the Grizz storm back and beat them. Why are we giving the Grizz so much damn credit for winning? It, they're the same Ws as Montana State's getting against opponents that are – I mean, who are we to say that Cal Poly is any different than Idaho State right now? I would say they're pretty equal, if not Cal Poly. Exactly. Better. We got the dub on the road, but now everybody's talking about how this Grizz team is going to be the second coming of the 1995 or whenever the last time they won their damn championship team. I just <laughs> don't get it. It's a great win, and I have to say, yeah, they're taking I am care so of it. Unbe- they're taking just like the Cats are, just like the Cats are. Except they have a QB. That's what bugs Here's me the, the most. difference. And we, I was just going to talk yeah. about Don Snead. They do have a QB. That's the difference. He's awesome. That dude is good. Yeah. To 397 yards through the air. He was their leading rusher with 67 yards. They were running that run-pass option, the RPO, all game. He got some garbage time yards on the ground, but the dude is good, and I'm going to give credit where credit's due. I am very jealous of Dalton Sneed. Um, the reason why I brought up uh, Sac State's quarterback being a UNLV transfer is because, obviously, Dalton Sneed was a UNLV quarterback as well, and it made me think, like, UNLV's really, really good at recruiting FCS quarterbacks. Well, it, and then giving them to the FCS <laughs> where they belong. That that could maybe there's some to that. Maybe we maybe a little pipeline for the big sky. You just go to UNLV, tell them to recruit a quarterback, and we take him a year later. But anyway, Dawson's amazing. He is really good. Is he the best quarterback in the big sky? Do you, in your opinion? So far, once again, the matchups make it tough to see. But so far, he's played that way. I hate to say it. 
I hate to say he has it. Been. No, it's but he has played he that has way. Been. I mean, he hasn't had to three straight root sports yeah. player of the weeks. He hasn't had to go to North Dakota State like Mayor Meyer. He hasn't had to travel to middle of nowhere Podunk, Alabama like Barry Arier. Um, but he hasn't had to play at Bozeman like Cookus. So. So you're not anointing him king yet? I won't give him, you know, I'm not going to, you know, give him king for the whole season. But so far, for sure, there's no argument that he isn't the best right now and that he probably, let's, all right, he probably is. He probably is. Yeah. And a lot of it's his talent. I mean, look at those receivers. Three of them. He has some hell good. Three. Victoria Kim. Three that are as good as any or better than any in the You know the what's the crazy part is that Louis McGee only had two receptions and eight yards in that yeah. game. Well, he has. You know who doesn't get utilized? That's Gabe Sulser, and he's one of my favorite players in the group. That dude is a burner. That's the thing. Like, JLM is hardly being used, and he. Because they have Tordy and a Kim there, and insane. Because they're so good. And then behind them is Sulser. Like, they're loaded at the skill positions, you know, RIP Bob Stitt. But. uh, Yeah, everybody who talks shit about Bob Stitt, he brought in all these cats. (laughs) So, you know, when you've got when you add in Bobby's discipline and focus with Bob Stitt's p- skill guys, it's a scary team. As a Bobcat fan, it's a scary team. Thank God that the game they're looking good in their, this year. Yeah. Yes, they're looking good and better than I thought they would. But God, can we please not anoint them the number one team in the country because of these wins? Yeah. Chris Twitter is going crazy about this team. I think they're legit, but hey. They're, they're legit. They're, they're five and one. They're two and zero in conference. I get it, but Jesus, like they still, pump the brakes. They still could be. The, Who have they beat? They still could be the Cowboys. Look at the Cowboys. The last exactly two weeks. the Cowboys play nobody good. Yeah, then they man. get who? They got the Saints and they got the Packers and they lose both those games and yeah. they look like dog shit. Yeah. It it the Grizz have not played a top twenty five team yet. Well, they have. No, they haven't. They have not played a top twenty five. Well, Jesus, I forget about Davis, but spare me that shit. Davis is. Not a top 25 team anymore. But the Grizz beat Davis. Great job. Davis also got beat by UND. Great. Like, I let's wait. They're a good team. I'm down with that. But let's not talk about how Cat Grizz – and you aren't, but people are talking about how this Grizz team is going to beat the Cats super easily come November 23rd. I, I don't see that yet. They're a good team. Great win against Idaho State. Yeah, and here the- Can we stop talking about the Grizz? I'm sick of yeah, it. The only thing one- on my laptop right now, I'm seeing the maroon and gray, and it just pisses me off. The only thing. Oh, I- wait, one thing. I did have okay. one thing. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Adam Eastwood scored a touchdown. Yeah. Oh. He finally got some P. He finally got some PT after the Cat Grizz game. Yeah. So that nice job, nice. Adam. That was nice of Bobby to build. We'll always love you, Adam. We'll always love you. Yeah. We will always love you. So real that's quick, me. that's mean. Be- He's a college kid. <laughs> Before we're done with the Grizz talk. That schedule of theirs, that brutal schedule, is now looking pretty Not as brutal decent, as it was. Especially how it's set up. You know, they've got know. Sac State. Sucks. They've got Tough a game. bye before Sac State. They get a bye before Sac State. Um, you know, they got UC Davis after they played North Dakota State. So all these tough games and at the beginning of the year that looked tough, maybe weren't so tough. And then the ones yep. like Sac State that are going to be tough, they get a good situation against them. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they got Sac State after their bye week, Eastern Washington, PSU, Portland State, 
Idaho, Weber, Montana State. So they still do have a tough schedule. Like those last two games are obviously going to be the, the the biggest factor in the season. Yeah. Who the hell knows what's going to happen against Idaho? Portland State, they're going to absolutely shit can. Eastern, like I think we can probably put the done chain on them. They're they're done. Yeah. So I think the Grizz are going to beat Eastern, and that was a game that I thought they were going to get going to get beat pretty badly at the beginning of the year. Uh, but yeah, let's stop talking about the Grizz. Okay, we're done. Let's go to Montana. They have a bye this week, so we're not going to preview their game this week, obviously. No. Montana State. Let's go look. Let's go look back at their game at Poly. An overtime win, a W. Let's let's emphasize that it's a win on the road in the Big Sky Conference. Two and zero. Two and zero in the Big Sky right now. But a little bit nerve wracking, if you ask me. <laughs> a little bit. Oh. <laughs> like insanely nerve wracking. Yeah, I think I mentioned on the Twitters that my landlord got a call from the, the uh, security company that someone broke a window in my unit. And they didn't, but it might, most likely was the yelling I was doing at the end of that game before overtime. Was it good yelling or bad yelling? Terrible. I, I assume it's, yeah, it was the fourth quarter yelling? Yeah, fourth quarter yelling when we gave up 21 points, gave up the lead, and then with our horrible play calling at the end and a long field goal God attempt, awful. nearly tried to lose it in regulation. I mean, we did everything we could to lose that game in regulation. That game, that game's a loss if we don't have Travis Johnson. Yeah. So, Entered. like, you go back to the first quarter. Montana State gets the ball. I don't know. They probably they punted. I can't remember how many. I don't know if they got a first down or not. Cal Poly, like a 59,000 play drive. Oh, it took forever. Oh, my God. I was so bored. It was 20 plays, 94 yards, 11 minutes and 40 seconds. Wow. And I was already probably seven beers deep. <laughs> Cal Poly goes up 7 nothing, but Montana State scores the next four touchdowns in a row, spanning the second quarter, the third quarter. The defense kind of steps up, kind of a bend, don't break. Cal Poly's little uh, – the triple option was impossible to watch, especially if you're trying to watch on Pluto. Uh, Here's my Pluto rant. Awful. I hate you so much. Nobody will respond to us. We we take Pluto. We take Big Sky Commission. We take Big Sky Football. We take Big Sky Conference. Pluto is dog shit. It's hard enough to watch a triple option on a clear screen, wondering who has the ball. Try and do it when everything is lagging, like the scrambled Playboy channel in 1998. I am going there. Okay. It was horrible. It was like a scrambled channel. It was unbelievable how bad Pluto did. With a lot. Some people have their back. Less excited. It was bad. A lot less excitement than the Scramble Playboy channel, obviously. Yeah. I bet we'll get sponsors now. But <laughs> it was like the, the whole grand the, – the point is Pluto was so horrible that I had to FaceTime my parents in Billings, have them set up their iPad to their screen so I could watch SWX's broadcast of the Montana State game, and it's 2019. We're three months away from 2020. People thought we'd have flying cars in 2020. People thought, like, I mean, just look at the movies, and I can't get a goddamn stream of Montana State football without FaceTiming my parents and having them point their goddamn camera at their screen. Yeah, it's bad. That's my rant. Sorry. That's my rant. No, it's deserved. You knew you knew it was going to come at some point. Well, trust me. When Montana State had a Hail Mary tort, or no, I don't even know what was going on, but there was a Hail Mary at some point at the some, end of the regulation. At some point. 
And Se- the, second half, second half, first the end of the first half. And the feed cut out. It looped. Like what? Over and over and over again. Pluto's dog shit. Anyway, so Montana State gets that big old twenty-eight to seven lead. We're thinking we're probably going to cruise into that fourth quarter, put up some points, make it look good for the the stats voters, and then all hell breaks loose and Cal Poly scores twenty-one unanswered in the fourth quarter. Oh my god, I was. I was so frustrated watching the play calls in the fourth quarter, watching Tucker Rovig play in the fourth quarter. Field goal attempts, the defense, it was unbelievable. Yeah, nothing was going right for the Bobcats. And going through the stats, there's some interesting th- One thing I noticed, both teams were a combined six for six on fourth down. That's interesting. <laughs> you know, I just. <laughs> You're looking that up as we're talking right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, That's you know, it's just, it was just a weird game, you know. At the, it was a really weird game with was, no flow at all. It was very str- the Cal Poly offense makes it really hard to watch. Yeah, it and the stream and the announcer for Cal Poly, it was just a brutal, brutal game. It's a brutal Saturday night, and Saturday night games are fun. Yeah. You know, you get you get to do all your stuff during the day, sit down, grab a couple of beers, watch the game. Frustratingly choppy, frustratingly brutal to watch. No rhythm in the game, in the broadcast, really in anything. The The viewing experience was horrible. Yeah. But here's the thing. If Cal Poly knocks off UC Davis this week, maybe people look at that game a little differently. But I, I honestly don't think people – the shitty part about the stats voting and everything like that is that people look at who you played and what they were ranked at the time. I don't know how many people are going to go back and look and see if Cal Poly knocks off UC Davis, that this is a quality win for Montana State. Unless Cal Poly makes the playoffs. That's about the only way that Montana State's going to get credit for this win. Um, They're going to get less credit for this win if Cal Poly knocks off UC Davis than the Grizz are going to get because they beat Idaho State. Well, Sam Herter has Cal Poly at 40% to make the playoffs. So, Well, he's about the only believer in the country probably (laughs) – I mean, I don't know. This game, we we talked more about what happened in that Grizz game than we did about the, our own team, the Cats, but this game was just just unbelievably frustrating in what they did in the fourth quarter. I was tweeting out, where's Troy? Put Troy in. Please, God, do something yeah. about this Tucker Rovig situation. Tucker Rovig is not the quarterback of the future right now. No. I thought he played horribly. Um, the fact that we scored in the second quarter on that 10-yard that pass from Rovig to Cassis, that was all Kevin Cassis. I can't believe that was the play call on fourth down from the 10-yard line. Yeah. But, you know, Cassis made an amazing play. Like, that interception, though, in the fourth quarter by Rovig, I've never seen a ball floated like that before so without getting hit. Um, I was out on him immediately right then and there. I was wondering why Johnson wasn't lining up in the Wildcat like they did in overtime. Like, how easy was that? The most important time of the game, and Johnson oh. gets nine – Johnson gets, what, 25 yards on three carries, and he didn't even get touched really? And that's the thing. We're, right now, unfortunately, we're best off in the Troy Anderson-type offense. We are. And I understand why we – But it wins games. We don't want to use Troy Anderson because I don't think he's – Yeah, I get that. I don't think he's 100%. He's he's and he's so good on defense. But we have another guy that can do it. So why not do it? Do and, it. And the other thing is, too, that's the more I think about it, the more upset I get. Is I went I to the tell. game before the Norfolk State game. I went to that Western Illinois game when it was. <laughs> you can tell us what game it was. When it was so important <laughs> or so so obvious that 
Bauman wasn't the QB. Not now, anyway. Maybe of the future, but not now. It was so obvious. And some might even say that I'm the reason why he never started again because I broke his confidence when I said he sucked out loud. You know, I, I won't. Shouldn't do that. I shouldn't He's do a that. Kid. But why did we waste the Norfolk State game on Rovig? Because we knew who he is. Last year, we've got people on the inside that go to practices, that watch preseason stuff. Rovig wasn't the guy either. So why give him those reps in the Norfolk State? Against a shitty yeah. defense that made Rovig yeah. look like an all-American quarterback. The stats don't matter in that game. Anyone's going to look great. Any you know, QB on the roster is going to look awesome in that game. Why not try out one of the other guys? Why not work, uh, you know... Beltran? Beltran, Johnson, you know, just... Get, Anybody. Get some reps with some people that give us a shot this year, okay? Or keep bombing in there. I, I just didn't... Give him some confidence. I did, Yeah. Something. If you, anything. Who knows if Bauman gets the confidence in Norfolk State and they continue to work on his... His uh, form. Mechanics. His mechanics. I mean, getting him settled down. He didn't throw an Everything. interception. That's one thing about nope. him. He did not throw and then an Rovig, interception. Yeah. I thought about that right when Rovig threw. Well, I thought about it when Rovig threw that horrible pick six against NAU, but then I really thought about it when he floated this ball like rookie of the year when he did the underhand pass or the yeah. underhand pitch at the very end of rookie of the year. Yeah. That's what his interception looked like against Cal Poly. That was unbelievable. And that's the thing. And. So he had it's a on, he had a pick so six against NAU and a nearly game losing interception against um, Poly. Cal Poly. Ugh. Unbelievable. Yeah. Not so, not feeling great about it going into the Sac State game. No. Not feeling great. Put Johnson in. Let Johnson run that wild. Yes. But whatever. So we get that win 34-28. I think it's just as a big of a win as the Grizz's home win against Idaho State. Yeah, it was overtime. It's a W on the road in a place with zero atmosphere on a, on a natural grass field. There's only two left, Cal Poly and NAU, or, uh, Northern Colorado. It's a win on the road. I wasn't happy with it, but people can't be shitting on the Bobcats because they only won by six against Cal Poly, and the Grizz blew out Idaho State at home. We don't know what Idaho State is. Everybody was talking them up, and they got up 17 nothing, and the Grizz came back and, and did their thing. But it's it's a win. I'm happy about that. We're two and zero in conference. We're five and one overall. We're gonna make the playoffs. But you're right. That fourth quarter was a little bit nerve wracking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. And we'll see a little bit more about Cal Poly this weekend. Like you said, a win's a win. They put up 52 against San Diego. They put up 24 at Weber. They're not the worst team in the Big Sky. They might no. They're they not might, a Southern Utah. They They're might, not a Northern Colorado. No. So a win's a win at the end of the day. We don't like what we see at QB, but it's still good to get the win. Um, what else do you got to say about this game? No, let's talk about talk about this upcoming game against Sacramento State, a game that we looked at on the schedule at the beginning of this year. Easy dub. Cats win this game. At home. Joke of a program in Sac State. On to the next one. It's not looking like that anymore. Not a... Sac State coming to Bozeman. No, Sac State coming to Bozeman on homecoming. Thank God it's at home in Bozeman. This is a surprising test and the best team probably that the Cats have faced so far this year, besides Texas Tech, F- the best FCS school that the Cats have oh, faced. Oh, by far. 
We had that Southeast Missouri State game. Jake already talked hell of crap about Southeast Missouri State. Simo, Simo. Yeah, they're terrible. It was a great. That was a great win for the Cats, and probably the biggest non-Cat Grizz win for Jeff Choate, uh, head coach Jeff Choate, in his career. At the time. This just at the time. This just might be the biggest non-Cat Grizz game in Choate's career. This weekend in Bozeman. Yeah, I'm not counting the playoffs, but I agree. Oh well, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, regular season. How many? How many freaking qualifiers do I have to put on it? <laughs> it's a big game. Choate's it's biggest. Big game. Choate's biggest conference non-playoff non-cat Grizz at home in Bozeman. And game. the thing is, the voters do us a huge disservice here because Sac State's a yeah we a talked top about that twenty team minimal easily and easily it should be ranked versus ranked. And we brush on it too. The odds makers, the bookkeepers, they know it's a good game because they only have the cats favored by one and a half. And that tells me that, you know, these offshore books think that Sac State's a better team because it's in, we both, it's in Bozeman. I mean, they're smart because we both think yeah, it. We, I had a Sac State above Montana State in my latest power poll. I didn't. Okay. I didn't do that. You're crazy. Uh, I don't know. That's a little much. Maybe it is. We'll see what happens. Now, we've got a little uh, X factor, hopefully, going into this weekend. The weather in Bozeman. I, it snowed in Billings, so I'm hoping it snowed in Bozeman, too. I assume it did. So that we need, we need <laughs> the worst weather possible, you know? Because Sac State's offense looked legit against Eastern Washington. They did. Yeah, you don't put up that many points, and they—I I mean, they didn't put up the, the the total. Oh, Jesus Christ! I just closed out all my tabs. I have my stats on it, but <laughs> they didn't have either. Defense scored seven points, but um, the offense looked really good, yeah. and Kevin Thompson looks like a really good quarterback. And right now, so to get into the nerdy side of the stats part of it, Sacramento State right now has the number sixteen pass offense in the country. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. It's really good. That's including a game against Arizona State, Pac-12 Arizona State. Montana State has the number 99 pass defense. Now, they've kind of gone like the bend don't break lately. I mean, with, with Case Cookus, they let him have those, those yards in the first half. And they really clamped down in the second half. But they have a great passing offense. And Montana State has a fourth quadrant pass defense. We do need that weather to play play well, Now I was at that NAU game when it was cold, it was windy, rain snow. I got made fun of for saying that thirty five was cold for some reason. It's that's cold. Yeah, first and Case Cook still came out and did a really good job. Cold for uh, Sac State, but here I'm looking at the weather now, Nate. I'm not liking it. I'm not liking it at all. It's gonna be nice, isn't it? It's gonna be at nice. game time. It's gonna be forty five and sunny, Uh-oh. and on. That's still cold for Sacramento. It's cold, but you know when for Sacramento. But when you're on that fake turf, that isn't going to be affected by any of the snow or the rain they're having. Yeah, weather it. has nothing to do with no, anything. No, that anymore. fake turf let's, changes let's everything. Honestly, oh Change, for sure. I learned that lesson the hard way. Coastal Carolina at Montana. Oh God, I won't even tell you how much I lost in that playoff game, but. <laughs> That turf changes everything. Unless you're getting like a heavy rainstorm or tons of wind, the wind or a lot of wind, like when Cal Poly played at Southern and uh, North Dakota played at Eastern Washington. You know, without that wind or the rain, 
weather doesn't really mean anything because you got the heaters, no. you got the you got the gear, you got that fake turf, and the footing's good. You know, it's not like Cat Gris 2005 when both you and I were going to Montana State and that damn field was a freaking ice sandbox in the middle and Lou Lays, yeah. you know, doing everything he can to win the game, you know, 15 to 8 or whatever the hell the score was because it's just like it's just a grind on that crap. Now, you know, the It's not like that at all. Not at all. So which is kind of and it's going to be 45 so whatever. It's, so it's kind of unfortunate for this Grind it out for us. Yes. Grind it out when Bobcat running team with a good run defense, because our pass defense isn't good, and right now our pass no. offense isn't good. So this no. is not a good matchup. And Sac State has a Sac State has a susceptible pass defense. They're number ninety seven in the country, mm-hmm. except that we have no quarterback to exploit that. No. Which, oh, it frustrates me. And you and I have talked about probably five times right now in the podcast. How bad this has frustrated us about our, our 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 quarterback situation, which is obvious, and we don't need to talk about it anymore because every single person who follows Montana State football knows how bad our quarterback situation is and how frustrating it is. But Sac State is a number ninety-seven pass D in the whole country. Yeah, that's bad. It is. It's almost as bad as Montana State's pass D, but we have literally no way to to counteract that and and exploit their weakness because we have nobody who can pass the ball. Now Sac State, now Montana State's obvious advantage is that the number six rush offense in the whole country. Mm-hmm. All we do is run the ball. 63% of our, our play calls are running. Uh, it's no secret what Montana state's going to do. It's no secret when Johnson gets the ball, what he's going to do. He's just that good right now that he's making people miss and he's doing what he needs to do. Sac state has the number eight rush defense in the country. This is going to be strength first, a hell of a matchup when Montana state has the ball. Like, do you think, Choate changes any kind of game plan here and try and let Rovig get into a rhythm early and try and pass on their weak pass defense? Or do you think he sticks to his guns, which he has before, and I trust him, and he just tries to continually run into that brick wall and wear them down? Are we 100% sure Rovig gets the start? And, and how, No, we're not. And and I, don't, quick, I, don't care who the, I don't care who the quarterback is, though. If he does, how quick, how short is the leash? Yeah, and do we – I mean, I don't care who it is. Is it Rovig? Is it Bama? Is it Beltran? Is it Johnson? I don't care who it is. Do we try and throw the ball against his pass D, or does does he stay true to his nature? And, like, you know, maybe in that NAU game we were wondering, like, what the hell are you doing? And then in the second half the Cats ran 22 straight run plays and absolutely demolished NAU in the third the second half of the third quarter and the whole fourth quarter and won that game. Do you – I mean – do you try and pass the ball here, or are you just running it and, and sticking to your game plan and, and your identity as a team? I think with our team, you stick with the identity and you throw in some gadget plays, you know, where you, you throw it deep here and there, maybe th- throw in some swing passes, <clears throat> a couple play action to keep them honest. But other than that, you got to go run heavy because the pick six against NAU, that got us into trouble early, and... That late interception in the second half in the fourth quarter against Cal Poly nearly lost us the game. And Sac State's way better than those two teams. For sure. (laughs) I don't know. This game scares the crap out of me. Like I like I said, kind of when I introed this little this part of the the podcast was like this was a this was an easy win when we look at this schedule in August, in July, right? Yeah. Like this is a no-brainer. 
If you're taking money line, you're putting your life savings on the Cats winning this game at home. Yeah, you're guessing the spread it's, before the season. Like in the NFL, they actually do this. Where, where you yeah. Can, yeah, if you're guessing this yeah. spread, what what do you put it at? Oh, 14? <laughs> yeah, easily before the season starts, 14. And now, game time, I wouldn't be surprised if Sac State's favorite. It might be. It's a pick em, and as long yeah, as far as, far as, as I look yeah, at it. Anytime it's one or two points, it's basically a pick em. It's a pick em. So this game is crazy. Like this, I never thought that Sac State would be the game that that not our season hinges on because we do have playoffs and you're not a one and done conference. And we've already got you know, five FCS wins. That's huge. Yeah. So we already yeah, but this is so huge to show the voters, to show the team, to show the fan base that the Cats are for real. If yeah. they can knock off Sac State, if they can knock them off in convincing fashion, then I think everybody's gonna have to take a look at who they think the Cats are. Because I mean, this is just a huge game, and yeah. and it's it's funny because when you have a newer coach like like Choate, is you get so many biggest game of his career games, and we've already had one of them this year. Yeah. Three weeks later, <laughs> it's the biggest game of Choate's career. Four weeks later, it's the biggest game of Choate's career besides a Cat Grizz game. I would even argue this is bigger than the the incarnate word game of last year. Yeah. No. So I'm not gonna even I'm not even gonna put it on the playoffs or regular season. Like this is the biggest non Cat Grizz game that Choate's had with a team this hot coming into Bobcat Stadium, coming off of a if you can call it a disappointing win or maybe a a, a nervous win. This is a massive game for the fan base and for for people to see what the Cats are made of as a whole. Yeah, it is. And on the other side of the coin, you've got Sac State saying. We're not ranked. We're not respected. True. Montana State is yeah. sixth. Here's our chance to wake people up to how good we are. So they're and obviously Cal Poly was not scared about us being the number seven team last no. week. They were not scared because they came out twenty play drive, whatever the hell that was. They didn't give a shit what our ranking was. Sac State's going to be one doesn't give a shit about our ranking. Two is hell pissed that they are not in the top 25 because they should be. Yeah, You're right. They they have a lot of bulletin board material, and it's not stuff that we're giving them. No. It's what the stats voters think, are giving I, them. Choate does a good job of uh, you know not underestimating these teams, and they're going to be prepared. They are. But you know, I think Sac State's going to be more motivated. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing that we have going for us right now is home game, homecoming, whether it looks like it's holding out, it's going to be a sellout, 19,000, 20,000 fans there. That NAU game that I was at, the crowd made a difference. That was a blast to be in that stadium. I have to bring it up again because this will be two consecutive podcasts. Or Yeah, it will be two consecutive podcasts. We like to party. If they play We Like to Party <laughs> at that stadium this weekend – there's no doubt that the Cats are going to okay, win this so game. here's – I'm glad you brought up the crowd because how was the energy in that crowd early when NAU was down – was winning by 21 points? Not great. How, how but quickly did they get back in? Very quickly. That's – because that's the, huge. That's he- the Jockway Allen punt return – to get the Cats their first touchdown, so it was 21-7. to And they ended up going up 28-whatever at, at half. But that 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 punt return by Allen was what got the, the building turned around. And then the fans that are leaving at halftime when they're down 28-14, 
you don't need them in the building anyway. The ones that are going to cheer and be loud and get up on third down and dance to We Like to Party, at the beginning of the fans are going to be loud, right? So get rid of the, you know, you know, it's survival of the fittest. Get rid of the weak ones. Let the big ones, let, let the real ones stay. They did, and it was an amazing atmosphere in that second half of that game. Like, I mean, I'm telling you, when we like, I keep going back to this. When we like the party was going, I mean, the place was dancing. <laughs> but no, that's it. I miss those days when we played that. But anyway, um, I think that the home crowd is going to be massive for this one. The students actually did a great job, too, against NAU, so I think that's a big thing for the Sac State game. That's the one thing we have that nobody else in the conference has besides the Grizz is that home field advantage. Uh, need the fans to show out, and, I mean, we just need to take care of business. This is going to be a fun game. I'm going to be – this one is I'm, – I'm scheduling my day around this game, man. This oh, is big. My brother's going to be in town. Uh, we're in the big city. A lot of stuff to do. But guess what we're gonna be doing around? Uh, you're gonna have your you're gonna have your uh, Samsung tablet out watching Pluto at a bar uh, on Geary. You know that's a good idea, but we actually might leave the bar, leave the social scene, and just come back to my place and watch it on the big screen because that's how much I care about this game. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one. I don't know if that was any analysis. You know, most people don't listen to Montana Men Sports Podcast for the in-depth analysis about the Cats and the Grizz. I don't think we gave them anything there in that MSU Sac State that would, you know, rival, um, you know, know, if you just regurgitate stats by, like, Skyline or any of those ones. We're gut guys. It's real, real emotion. We're gut guys. (laughs) And I'm scared, but I am excited. Good way to put it. Because if we win this game, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, especially if they go back and beat Montana the next week. You know, that's, yeah, the, that's, the 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 that's ideal. That's ideal. The fun the 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 funny part, not the funny, but the interesting part about this game is with the Grizz having a bye, all eyes are on this yes. game. All the eyes in Montana are on this game in Bozeman. So, anything else on Sac State? No, it's just uh, Saturday. <laughs> Here we come. Yep, it's it's definitely Saturday. Um, so we have Bear Tycoon will make a little bit of an appearance on this. Uh, when he was in Spokane for the Big Sky Media Days, he got to sit down with the head coach of Sacramento State. Um, that I'm googling right now his name. That's not right. <laughs> Wait for it. Chris Richardson. Hey. Is that football? no Troy Taylor? Oh, so Bear Tycoon, I'm not taking this out either. Okay, uh, Jerry Bear Tycoon. Producer Jerry does not do a very good job of editing out our mistakes. But uh, Bear Tycoon got to sit down with head coach of Sacramento State football, Troy Taylor. Uh, So beginning of the season in Spokane. We'll let you listen to this interview now, but here's Bear Tycoon with head coach of Sacramento State football, Troy Taylor. We are here with Sacramento State, Troy Taylor, first year at Sacramento State, coming from Utah. Coach, you have the pleasure of being one of only two teams playing both Montana schools this year, Uh, and I think that kind of highlights uh, the first line of question I want to get into is the size of the Big Sky Conference. We have 13 teams. Going into each year, the strength of your schedule and the outcome of, of your season can largely be determined early on by who it is that you play. 
from a coaching perspective, how do you prepare year to year, or how, I guess maybe to first year, how do you prepare, how do you think you're going to be preparing year to year to kind of tackle this imbalanced schedule the big step? Yeah. Well, you know, the, uh, this came from the Pac-12 conference, and so we got the, the same thing, you know, last year we uh, had to deal with, I guess, considered the toughest conference, or the toughest schedule, just because how the teams arrange, changing, you know, from year to year, yeah. rotates. So, uh, you know, we're excited to play in Montana, Montana State, because they're both great programs. They both have a lot of support. Um, you know, every conference is going to have different challenges, but, you know, the tenets of what you believe in and, and how you run your program, how you run your systems, those things don't change. So, uh, the challenges might, might change from, from game to game or year to year, but really it's just about preparing for, for all those uh, contingency plans. You can have a variety of different offenses that you have to prepare for defensively. So, you know, you got a team like Cal Poly who runs a triple option. Montana State's going to ground the ball pretty good at it. And then you got teams like Eastern Washington that are going to maybe balanced, but they're going to throw it too. Davis similar in that respect. So, um, I think you do that in the offseason. You know, you have a system. You know, our defensive coordinator, Andy Thompson, has been in this conference for 14 years in Northern Arizona. He understands the conference really well, and he's adapted his defense to be able to, from week to week, um, be able to adjust, not change, but adjust their, their, their schemes uh, to be able to deal with different challenges. Yeah, so the, the out-of-conference schedule that you have this year is obviously set for your time, and it, it's a pretty tough schedule, right? You have Southern Oregon, but then you go at Arizona State, at Fresno State, obviously two FBS schools, with a non-conference Northern Colorado game in there. Kind of looking you know, five, ten years down the road when you're able to have some say in what your out-of-conference schedule yeah. is, what is it that that you want as a coach to see in an out-of-conference schedule? Well, you know, I mean, you know, you played a BCS team, I think that's good. Playing one of those a year is a good thing to do. Um, and then you, you want to play FCS teams, I think, for the most part. Um, and then obviously our schedule is going to be inherent with great teams being in the big sky. So I think that's kind of the, the long-term vision. And uh, you know, Mark Orr, our athletic director, is, he's, he's definitely on board with that. And President Nelson's on board with that. President. So uh, that's kind of kind of how we see it. Um, yeah, the schedules are made out as you know, way in advance. So we got we got a tough schedule, but you know we're we're all about challenges. So we're gonna take those on. And um, you know, I took this job because I like challenges. So uh, it's exciting. It's a great conference. It's a challenging conference, and uh, week to week it changes. But that's what makes it fun for the fans as well. Yeah. So we are we're recording this in July. Uh, we're airing this before uh, in, in October. Um, Obviously, last year didn't go as planned for Sacramento State. Um, it's a tough season. You, as a coach, probably have a few-year leash to, to put in your program, put in your, instill your principles into here. What are kind of what is the what is the framework that you're trying to put in at Sacramento State? Well, one of the reasons why I, I took the job here is they gave me a seven-year contract. So, uh, Dr. Nice. Nelson and our athletic director believed in, in supporting me, and I, I probably wouldn't have taken the job if I didn't feel like I had a long-term commitment uh -huh. from them because that really shows how important it is to them that they want to uh, lay a foundation down and be able to build and do things the right way, uh, bring in the right kids. Okay, uh, the, to answer your second part, the tennis smart program is. Uh, really five things that we talk about. I'll just talk about one of them right now, but uh, for us, the, the strongest one of those is love. Loving what we're doing. You know, loving being in Sacramento State. Loving football. Loving competing. Um, whether that be on the field or in the classroom. Um, and bringing in people that are like-minded in that. So when I hired my coaching staff, uh, I wanted to feel like they were going to treat the players really well, build confidence, love them. Um, 
and I was able to bring in an incredible coaching staff. So um, we will build on those core principles, you know, and, and we're going to be successful. We're going to win championships. I don't know when that's going to happen. You know, I don't have a crystal ball, but I feel I feel great about uh, our philosophy and the things that we have in place and the things that we're building to put in place as well. So I think we have good things ahead of us. And it, you know, Big Sky Conference, you've mentioned, is a, is a competitive conference, one of the most competitive in, in the FCS. That that can be a challenge for a group when you're going into a house where you are sitting down with the kid where you know UC Davis has just been there, Montana State's just been there. What is it, uh, beyond kind of the tenets that you just described, yeah. what is it that you're selling at Sacramento State to get some of these recruits to come play? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we've got a tremendous university. It's a, it's a great city. Sacramento is a phenomenal city. I know well. Um, we have great student athletes from three-hour drive from our campus. So we, we probably really wouldn't have to leave. Now we'll go outside the state in the area a little bit, but uh, we feel like we have an incredible product. Now, for me, uh, it's not necessarily about the facilities in the city, even though I think we got great, we're great in both those areas. It's about the people. So when our student athletes or recruits come in or we go and visit them, I think they should sense our energy. They should feel that we're authentic, we're sincere, we love student, our student athletes. We're going to give them as great experience as they can have. Um, we're going to be process-oriented, which means we're going to enjoy the moment. We're not going to get too far ahead of ourselves. We're not going to get too high if we win a game or if we lose a game. We're not going to get too low. It's really about that moment, that experience. We're going to be aggressive on all sides of the ball. We're going to be fun to watch. Uh, we're going to be creative. And I think all those things permeate. And kids are kids are smart. They can, they can sense authenticity. Uh, you really believe uh, what you're all about. I think they sense that. So in the end, I think we got a tremendous product. Student athletes, we had a lot of success in recruiting in the short time that we were there. Um, and the other part of that is, you know, bringing the kids to fit what you're looking for. It's, it's not about getting the best player, the biggest guys, the best guys, but getting the right guys. And uh, that might mean different things for different universities. We have a really crystal clear expectations or things that we're looking for in student athletes. We just got to be disciplined and continuing to go after the right guys. Uh, Coach, last question. This came from our listeners. I want you to, to put your comparison hat on. Um, if Sacramento State were an NFL team, current or past, uh, uh, which NFL team would they be? And just by way of comparison, North Dakota State in this scenario would be the New England Patriots. Why, why do they get to be the Patriots? Because <laughs> they keep winning I, championships. Yeah, that's true. No, <laughs> I would say, you know, well, I, 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 I give you two answers to that. One is, uh, you know, the San Francisco 49ers under Bill Walsh was there. I studied that, uh, that system for a lot of years. Uh, and a lot of my philosophies come kind of from, from, from a lot of people, but uh, from that system. And then probably more recently, the team that would be similar to is, is the Los Angeles Rams in terms of doing different things in uh, different sets and being wide open. To some degree, with the Patriots do on offense as well, and then defensively, uh, I think uh, Andy Thompson has done a lot of different people across the country, so he could probably better answer that. Okay. But uh, yeah, those those teams are what I would say. Yeah. Well, Coach, welcome to the Big Sky Conference, and good luck this season. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Good luck.
All right, so thank you to Bear Tycoon for actually showing up this week. Head coach of Sacramento State, Troy Taylor. I apologize to any Sacramento State fans who listen to this. I did not know who your head coach was. I had to Google it. That's my bad. It's bad preparation on my part. So that one's on me. But, you know, here for like the second or third time this season, we're going to actually have a live reading of Parlay's Picks. Play those trumpets. So we're on a little bit of a win streak here, a little heater. Once again, I'm Montana Parlay. These are Parlay's picks. Last week, we had a parlay of Sac State in the over, as I mentioned earlier. 10, 1 is 25. So we're sitting at 165 minties. That's a 65% gain, uh, gain this season so far without really risking too much any one week. This week, there's some tight spreads. We got a lot of 1 and 1.5 one and Point spreads essentially pickums across the big sky and then we have big spreads with the eastern game uh, Weber playing crap teams at home even UC Davis uh, we'll look at that one so I don't want to risk too much here don't want to blow our winnings I thought about a parlay for a little bit but the game I kind of like you know because you got the highs and the lows here and you got a home team in a dome Idaho State, they're favored by one against North Dakota. And there's a reason they're favored. They're decent. They're at home in a dome. Uh, North Dakota plays in a dome, but they're coming off a pretty big high in their upset victory. So I'm going to bet 11 to win 10 on Idaho State. Cal Poly, they're getting 13.5 against UC Davis. If you want to load up on a game, that's one to consider. But I like to look at value. And, you know, maybe UC Davis takes care of business and covers that spread easily. But the money line on that game is almost 4-1. to one. Okay? A little less than 4-1. to one. You're telling me Cal Poly can't beat this downtrodden UC Davis team one out of every four times? I'm going to put a little sprinkle on Cal Poly money line four gets me 15 minties so idaho state minus one and cal poly money line those are the picks for this week so thank you montana parlay we are so lucky to have you do a live reading for us uh, you know, those pre-recorded ones are great, but when we get to see that kind of talent live, you know, I think all of us are, are very grateful for, for that. So, so thank you for your live reading of your uh, Parley's Picks poetry. They really want to thank me. They can Venmo me some tips. Yeah, well, yes, they, they could. What's your, what's your Venmo? You didn't, did you tell me your Venmo? Well, it's the same. It, it's brand consistency, okay? Montana Parley. Okay. Well, they didn't want to. I, I mean, I would hate for someone to Venmo someone twenty dollars and they go to the Montana, the wrong Montana parlay. That'd be travesty. Be horrible. So let's go for our second segment of Around the Big Sky. We did our first one. When we looked back at the games. We're going to look forward at this week's games. It's week seven of the season. Week three of the Big Sky slate. So we look at first. We'll go in order of game times. We have North Dakota at Idaho State. 
We have Sacramento State at Montana State. We have Idaho traveling to Portland State. We have Northern Colorado going to Cheney at Eastern Washington. We have Cal Poly coming up north to Davis. And then we have Southern Utah at Weber State. Interesting slate of games. I think the one that I look at, if I don't look at just the Montana State game, if we take our favorites out of it, the one I'm really looking at is that North Dakota at Idaho State and then probably Cal Poly at Davis. Are you looking at those same two games? For sure. That those Well, those are the ones I've – put some money on too Mm. so for for more than one reason i'm looking at those games and it's kind of goes back to the playoff potential loser leaves home loser stays home loser leaves home (laughs) the team that wins that still has an outside shot at the playoffs and the team that loses it they're basically done yeah i mean i think because of that north dakota idaho state game i think it's is north dakota for real are they a top 25 team after they knock off UC Davis? Is Idaho State, were they for real when everybody was giving the Grizz credit for beating them? Those are the things or, I'm looking at when I look at that game. Or are they both just mediocre and we Or both is shitty anything. and uh, whatever. Like, <laughs> so is Davis. Davis sucks. The Grizz beat a shitty team. Like, whatever. Who knows? The Cal Poly-Davis game is interesting. Um, for, the, for the example that we've kind of talked about, is Cal Poly a better team than we thought? Is Davis a bad team now? And, you know, we... We look at flash in the pans. We've had flash in the pans in the past. You know, Portland State, when uh, when Coach Barnum got a big old extension, and I mean big in the sense of FCS and Big Sky Conference big, but he got an extension after a really good season at Portland State. And, you know, Southern Utah had a, had a run maybe three years ago where like people were like, where the hell did that come from? Uh, Sac State almost made the playoffs one year because of their god-awful schedule. Was Davis just a flash in the pan these last couple of years? Was it was it Keelan Doss that was the the X factor that made this team, uh, you know, a top ten team? So seeing Davis play, you know, bring on that triple option team of Cal Poly, which is a tricky offense to stop. I'm really interested to see that. Just maybe the score of that game to see if if Poly can keep it close or even win. Because I think that goes a long way for the Cats if Cal Poly if Cal Poly wins that game. There's a whole different narrative about that Cats game last weekend. For sure. Um, well, at least we hope so. You also said, you know, who's really paying attention week to week. But at least True. for us. For us. At least me, for the least. ones who watch. Uh, and I kind of think Cal Poly's got a chance here. Be- and you mentioned, uh, what's his name from UC Davis that is off the Keelan roster? Keelan Yeah. Him and now. Eastern's um, Webster, they're receivers who made – NFL rosters, and it's apparent that both those teams have missed them big time. I do not think UC Davis is a flash in the pan. I think the you know Hawkins is putting together a pretty good program. It's just when you lose an NFL talent at receiver, that's huge. I mean, yeah, it's tough to overcome. You know, football is that sport where the receiver is probably not going to make your team. No, that's true too. But also, it opens things up in these close games. Um, you know, UC Davis lost by two at North Dakota. Yeah, probably probably doesn't make too much of a difference in the Montana game. Although you never know. Like that's the thing. It's like the stats guys they don't believe in momentum. But I'm telling you, you know, if you've ever played a competitive sport, when you get things going, when you pick up that third and long versus half the punt and turn the ball over. Or you pick up that touchdown, um, 
you know, late in the sec in the first half rather than going to the halftime seven points less. Like some of those players, those playmakers we call them, make a huge difference and they do affect momentum and they do affect confidence in the rest of your team. You know, who knows how big a leaders those guys were too. So, I don't know. It's a lot of speculation, but basically what I'm saying is I don't think Davis is a flash in a pan. I think you know, they've just had a really rough schedule. They, obviously, they had a huge hiccup and should have lost to San Diego, who's not that good. But other than that, their big sky schedule and that Missouri Valley game right before it against North Dakota State has been rough. So I don't want to write them off right now yet. We'll see what happens this week and uh, the rest of the season. Because I'm, I'm ready to write them off, so I really hope Cal Poly takes it to them this weekend. Yeah. Well, you just want it to be a guaranteed win for the Bobcats the week for before Cat sure. Grizz. That's Hell where yeah. most of this is coming from you. Yeah, I've <laughs> never hidden my motives or my, like I said, like four times how my dumb brain works. Like, I want <laughs> Davis to suck because that's the last thing I want is to yeah. go into a tough game for Cat Grizz. Um, when I look at that, the slate this week as well, like, if Northern Colorado knocks off Eastern Washington in Cheney, <laughs> <laughs> how fun would that be? Yeah. I, that's I mean, not, it's not going to happen. That's that's not going to happen. That's one thing. If anyone else, anyone out there wants to bet me something on that straight up, I that's just not something that will happen. Okay, so how about this then? Idaho at Portland State. We've talked about it. They can't get up for these games against insanely inferior opponents. They can get mm-hmm. up for the games that, you know, maybe that an FBS and FCS team can get up for. But at a high school stadium in Hillsboro, Portland, or Hillsboro, Oregon, what do you think? What's your honest prediction for Idaho at Portland State? Well, you probably paid a little attention to what I've been talking about online, you know, either in the Slack or on Twitter. But Idaho was favored by. Anywhere between nine and a half and eleven and a half at Northern Colorado, okay, and then obviously they lost. What do you think the spread, the opening spread was in this week's game against Portland State? Idaho minus ten. <laughs> Come on, um, I actually guessed six because I just figured, you know with their win against Eastern still would mean something, and the fact that they covered versus uh, Weber would mean something. No. Oddsmakers are on to Idaho. They know who they are. They know about this not playing up to bad teams because Portland State is favored in this game. What? Portland State's favored by one and a half, but they're favored against Idaho. That's unbelievable. Two years ago, Idaho was in the FBS... They're in a they bowl game, have, weren't they? Uh, that was that two or three years ago. But yeah, whatever. They've got they had however many more scholarships two years ago. Uh, Portland State two years ago won one game the whole year, and now Portland State is favored against Idaho. So it, it just shows where that program's at. What people think of them. It's pretty sad state of affairs for the team from Moscow. Yeah, when you <laughs> when you're a dog against Portland State, 
Jesus. Got to figure it out. Your colors are shitty. Your football team's not doing great. The odds makers don't love you. How can you be? I, I don't know. I mean, Chris, Marco, come. No, it's not Chris. Chris Hammond. Sorry, I got them too mixed up. Come on over to the side. Come on over to the cats. We're going to take you in. There's no point anymore in being a Vandals fan if you're you know, a dog against Portland State. Okay. Can I bring out some breaking news? Uh, do we do that on these podcasts? Uh, we haven't in the past, but I don't see why we can't start now. So here, here's the thing. And I'm a, is this I've really breaking kinda... news or is this something you just like thought of? No, it's 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 legit breaking news. It, our our good buddy on vacation just mentioned me in a tweet in reference Bear Tycoon. Yeah, yeah. And uh I've been kind of dragging these guys on Twitter without formally mentioning them, but now I'll just call them out. You know, they I've been doing picks on the podcast. This is what my third or fourth third as or fourth year, we, yeah. As long as we've had the podcast. Yes. Before that, I was doing picks on Montana-Mint.com. You can look them up. You can search Montana Parlay and see the picks. I had a pretty good record, too. Well, uh, some guys, I think they're from Skyline or whatever. Yeah, they are. They started just, making picks. And they're calling it a new endeavor that everyone should check out. <laughs> I've been doing it for five or six years, Skyline. And here's the thing. It's cool that you're bringing more awareness to the spreads and to Big Sky in general, but those picks are terrible. Their pick, their lock of the week two weeks ago was Portland State at Idaho State, and I bet the other side before I even saw that and then laughed when Idaho State blew them out of the water. I don't think they've had a, They pick every game, which isn't easy, and that's why I don't do it. Um but I don't think they've ever even gone 500, let alone had a winning week. So this is hilarious. Between the, oh, we've got a new thing, by the way, we've been doing it for six years, and they're not good at it. So, you know, keep. It's, I just like to keep an eye on so-called competition, and it's a little bit of a breaking news. Because they just tweeted that 15 minutes ago that they have a fun new endeavor, and everyone should check it out. Yeah, well, Skyline thought that they came up with this whole gambling thing in the FCS, and I've also seen the picks that Montana Gambler, whatever the hell they're calling them, makes, and they're absolute dog shit. Montana Parlay was the original, the OG FCS gambler. Go to Skyline if you want press conferences, statistics, regurgitated articles about what the coach said at press conferences, but come to us for those real raw picks, the raw analysis, and and definitely Parlay's picks. He's the only one that does it live. So we don't concern ourselves with sheep here on the Montana Mint Sports Podcast. We're sorry that someone's trying to get in on your territory, but we will make sure that we will do everything possible that the fans know that there's only one place to come for your gambling advice, and it's Montana Parlay. So we have your back on that. Good. Great. So <laughs> that's around the big sky. This has become uh, Montana Mint after dark. We've had a couple beers. Um, like like uh, Montana Parlay said at the beginning of this episode is when the Bears away, the Cats will play. And it's definitely been fun. We don't have a watch party anymore because nobody's playing at all. Houston's, uh Singleton posted a video of him flexing with the linebackers on the Eagles. 
Uh, so he's still still doing the practice squad thing and, and and killing it over there. I missed the Canadian football part of it, but man, we had a fun we had a fun pod tonight. We're gonna go on like hour forty five of just 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 gut analysis is what we call it here. Oh yeah, you know, and I ran out of beer. or might have went two hours and forty five. We might have come close to the Grizz fan pods rec, uh, record setting. 19-hour pod that they just yeah. probably recorded well, after their last win. Well, Bear Tycoon has this weird obsession with time. We can't go over it when we when we record with him. Montana Parlay and me, we are just freewheeling it now. Yeah. free. We almost started, you know, just reading the media guide because we love FCS and Bobcat football so much. For sure. For sure. But – the people what they want we bring content now we've never said if our content was valuable or good or entertaining but it's content nonetheless exactly so this has been montana mint sports after dark and we hope you guys all enjoyed it yeah rate us download read on your aunts on your on your uncles even if they love trump yeah get on there Delete Facebook and then download us. You know, yeah. Get rid of their social media accounts and yes, add please. Spotify, Podcast Addict, iTunes, Google Play, every possible Stitcher, you know, every single podcast app you can find. Put it on your family members' devices. Subscribe. Give us some love. Download and rate. You got five minutes of time to mess with someone and build up the Montana mint brand while making bear tycoon look foolish because we outperformed him. I mean, look at that. Is that, do you need any more motivation out there? You don't. So do it for us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We love you guys. We are going to let you go. It's been an hour and 45 minutes. Montana parlay. Thank you for filling in for for bear tycoon who had to take a, take a vacation right in the middle of the season. Apparently Hmm. always appreciate you picking up the slack. Let's do it again. Any any parting words? (laughs) Um, you know, just, uh, that Venmo address might come in handy if uh, yeah. I end up yeah, in jail. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's going to be clamoring to Venmo you. <laughs> if I end up in jail this weekend, if if uh, Rovig throws a couple more pick sixes. You know, I shit, stop that, throwing pick sixes. That'll, that'll turn into a bail fund for me. Uh, all right. We love you guys. We thank you for listening. Montana Parlay. <laughs> Nate's hot. Nate. What the hell my name is? I don't care. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Can't wait for this weekend's slate of games. We love you all. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.